Can we worship his majestic and holy name today? Hallelujah, we're testifying of Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You can be seated. I know it's a little bit dreary and rainy outside today, but it is a beautiful morning in the house of the Lord. We're celebrating a risen Savior, a Lord who is alive forevermore. Isaiah records this in the 53rd chapter, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness and we shall, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and he has carried our, solo, our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to our own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers that is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. And when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall be prosperous in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities." The promise of a coming Savior was written long before the story ever unfolded. Isaiah would also write that for unto us a child is born and a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And what we mostly celebrate during the Christmas season is the birth of this wonderful, amazing Saving God, as God would robe himself in humanity and take upon himself the form of a servant, living a humble life, experiencing all the pain and all of the sorrows that a human life could, yet his experience ended up with this, with no sin. The path that he would travel and the journey that he would take would lead him to this place, a place called Calvary. They put him on a hill called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. In some ways, by what terms he was turned into Pilate, the crime was fit, the, 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 the persecution and the crucifixion was fitting for the crime, but for the purpose was unknown to them. On this cross, he shed his blood for the salvation of 
every life that was and would be and every life that had been. So we were worshiping this morning, Alea come and I don't know if, where she saw it. I don't know where she saw it, Sister Nora. I don't know where, who told her about it. But as I opened my eyes and I saw this young girl kneeling before the cross, all I could do is imagine the importance of what was happening in this moment. Did she realize what she was putting herself in front of? Did she realize the testament that was being done right here in this altar before everyone? What a, what a moment. What's something that every single one of us should find ourselves at one point or another doing, humbling ourselves in the sight of the cross. Because when we consider the cross, when we consider the act that took place on that fateful day, when we realize the pain and the, and, and the agony that was poured out and the vengeance and the strife that was laid upon one man for the sins of us all, the Lord said that his pleasure shall be at the iniquity that was laid upon him. Why? Because when his body was open, the door was also open. A door that no man can shut. A door that was open for you and a door that was open for me. That grace was freely accessible. That all we have to do is ask and we shall receive. All we have to do is seek and we shall find. And the door is ready to be opened unto us. A door of grace. A door of mercy. That his body was broken for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The breaking of our peace was laid upon him by his stripes. We are healed. I don't think the cross even recognized that day the weight that it was carrying as the weight of the entire world was laid upon one man that it was hanging on its beams that day. I don't know if it realized the power of the blood that flowed from its beams as the body of a Savior that was stricken and beaten was laid upon him, a man did no wrong, a man that no word of deceit came from his mouth, a, a word of no vile, an act of no treachery, a man who never lied, he never disappointed, he never led astray, but he was perfect in every single way. He wore your sorrows. He lived the same kind of life. People loved him and people hated him. People were close and people left. He had those come and go. He experienced loss. He experienced deception. He experienced anger. He experienced animosity. He experienced racism. He was pushed out and he was welcomed. He was broken. He was wealthy. He was poor. There was times where he hungered. There was times where he thirsted. But in every decision that he made, he did it with pure intention and he did with no sin. He was taken from a garden. He was led astray. He was falsely accused. And even when he gave a straight answer and they were blown away, are you the one? I am he. The Bible says that they fell back and they fell back with astonishment. He had to let them know, I am the Lord. In my conversation with the cross is, uh, did you realize the precious blood that flowed on you that day? Could you feel every breath that was waning way weaker and weaker? Did you realize every time that he cried, he cried for a purpose and he, he cried for a reason. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Did you realize uh, as you hung between two men uh, that were worthy of their punishment that the one that set upon you was not worthy of that death? but it made us worthy of the love of God for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
It wasn't the amount that he gave. It was the way that he gave. For God loved in this way that he sent his only begotten son. God loved you so much that he died for it. God declared his love for you so great that he was willing to sacrifice his own flesh on a cross that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I could have a conversation with the cross. Hey, could you realize a man that was just 33 years old have lived a lifetime of eternity but inside of that flesh he was afflicted beyond any imagination any comprehensible idea or conceivable notion of what it would like to experience torture and pain he couldn't even carry you to the heel someone else had to bear you upon their shoulders what was it like when you began to feel the earth underneath you shake when he declared that it was finished and all of a sudden your world grew dark. Graves were opened. Lives that were completely lost and gone forever. Bodies began to exhume themselves out of the grave and began to run. Could you imagine seeing in that moment a man that had pictured men dying on that cross? for years and for months would look at the body of the one that was hanging on you and say, surely this was the Son of God. Did you feel the same blood and water flow down you as when they pierced his side and from it came blood and water? Did you feel something different about every breath that he took? Did you feel something inside of you shake and tremble because if the earth would shake and groan at the coming of the Lord, surely just a mangled piece of wood would be able to feel the power of its creator breathing upon it. His hands were stretched upon you for a reason and for a purpose. For me. So that when I fought against my thoughts of suicide as a teenager, when I fought against depression, I come to a Savior who hung upon you and made a way for me. That my grief and my pain When I think of him, I don't have to just think about a God that can open up the five loaves of bread and two fish and feed 5,000. I think of one that would meet a man person to person, face to face. In a moment, it was just one-on-one. -on -one. A man that would go out of his way to sit at a well because a woman was so ashamed of her decisions and her bad mistakes in life that was trying to hide from the general public. She was so caught off by the fact that he asked her to give her something to give him something to drink that she was like I, I, I don't even know why you would ask of me anything do you realize who I am the kind of person that I am I realize the kind of person that I was when I come to Jesus with my sin I understand what kind of person I am when, when my mistakes and my faults and my shortcomings I've got my own issues that I have to find but when I come to the Lord and I come to the cross I, I realize I want to know did you realize the weight was put on you that day my own weight can't even carry it myself, but it hung upon you for me. If I could have a good conversation with the cross, did you realize that as every nail went inside of you through his hands and through his feet, that something was being done to open a way that his blood speaks better things than of Abel's? 
The writer of Hebrews said that Abel's blood cries with, with vengeance and cried with vengeance against Cain because Abel was wrongly, wrongly murdered in a field, but the blood of Jesus doesn't speak vengeance. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. The Bible says that they overcome the adversary by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I can tell you a lot of things about a lot of people, but there was one thing that will forever change. When a drug addict comes to the Lord, it's because of Calvary and the door that was open. When an alcoholic comes to the Lord and he comes through Calvary, a door is forever open. When someone who is suffering with mental issues and depression and anxiety and brokenness and pain, when someone has been abused and abandoned and they don't have a father. The Bible says we've been bought with a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. When he says come to me who are weary and heavy laden and take my yoke upon you. Come and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden. That is right there when the weight of every single one of us was laid upon a Savior and upon a cross. Could you feel him breathe? Did you hear him pray? Did you tremble at his groans of agony? When he was gasping for breath and suffocating there on the cross, did something inside of you tremble because something about that voice sounded familiar? A question that I've always wondered is, how long did you have to wait to grow or to be a tree sustainable to be a cross? Were you in the very plan of God when he was spoken to be in the womb of a woman? That is what is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That she shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. When they clothed him in a false purple raiment and they beat him and they crowned him king of the Jews... Testify of the truth of what the sign above you read. Here is Jesus, King of the Jews. When that promise was first given to us, had you first been planted? I questioned. I couldn't find answers. How old does a tree have to be to be mature enough to cut down and build a cross? 30 years old seemed about right. So could it be from the very time that the promise of a Savior was given and conceived that the promise of a way out was already starting to be prepared? If I could have a conversation with the cross. I don't even think that I could come up with the right questions to ask. All I know is I can find myself laying before the cross, realizing I was unworthy of the sacrifice that was given. Because if the guilty were to be crucified, it would have been me on the cross. Because to this day, I can find no fault in him. Pilate could find no fault in him. Many that were in the crowd 
with just a span of five days that were crying, save us, save us, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Many received their answer, but in a very gruesome and heart-wrenching way. But here was the answer for God's salvation. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected of men, and we esteemed him not. Truly, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, but by his stripes we are healed. The good news is that it didn't end there. What they thought was an ending and a finality to a message to a ministry was only the beginning of a greatest story that God could prepare. Because it wasn't just for the sins of the nation of that day, it's for the sins of the entire world. It is because of what happened here on this cross. It is because of what happened on Golgotha's Hill 2,000 years ago that we have come together today to worship a God who was alive. They brought him down from that cross. They put him in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again with all power in heaven and earth given to him. And so because he got up, you can get up. Because he rose up from affliction, you can get out of your affliction. Because he can find joy again, you can find joy again. And because he overcome death and hell, you have life and you have the promise of life. You can get up as well. No one can keep you bound. No one can keep you stricken in your grief. He already made a way. This was the final nail that said sin had its reign over God's beloved. This was the end. No more will death have a sting. No more would grave have a victory. No more would it ever come to an end hopelessness and pain and depression but from this moment on if the cross can speak I can tell you when he said it was finished it was finished he is alive forevermore why don't we stand to our feet today and why don't we worship a risen savior why don't we clap our hands and thank him for the goodness and the mercy of God why don't we thank him now for the forgiveness that comes at the mention of his name. Why don't we just lift our voices right now as we sing one more time. The blood that Jesus shed was shed for you. The blood that Jesus shed was shed for you. The blood that Jesus shed He wants you to know you were worthy enough. He wants you to know you were loved enough. And anytime you don't feel that you measure, why don't you find that cross? And why don't you ask it what it thinks about you? Because if he was willing he said you're worthy enough because if he was willing to put the Savior of the world and the weight of everything upon him, oh, you mean something. 
If the cross can speak, don't ever talk negative about yourself again. If the cross can speak, don't ever downplay your worth ever again. If the cross can speak, don't you ever tell yourself that you are going to be broken and bound for the rest of your life. No, he's the cross would say, I'm, he made a way. He put it on me. I felt virtue flow. I felt blood flow. And it covers and it washed. That blood will never wash away. That blood will never go away. When you sing about the blood, you sing about a blood that is able to wash away our sins whiter than snow. I love how God reasons. He said, look, come now, come now, come now, come now. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be as red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. I'm going to tell you, if you ever, never think, if you ever, ever think that you are not worthy enough or lovable enough, why don't you find a cross? And let the cross testify to your worthiness. Because if the cross could speak, no one had ever thought anything of a cross the way that we think of a cross until Jesus. It was a place of death. We're slaves. We're thieves. We're political adversaries we're put upon to embarrass. But now, what was once a shame is the testimony of your worth. That the God of heaven would purchase the blood with the church with his own blood by putting it on a cross. That blood washes you. That blood speaks for you. If you ever feel that you're unreachable, if you ever feel that you're ever unforgivable, why don't you have a conversation with a cross? I didn't hear him cry for nothing. I heard him cry for you. I didn't hear him groan for nothing. I heard him groan for you. You must mean something to him. You must mean everything to him. That he bore your sorrows. He bore your grief. He bore your peace. And he bore your healing so that all that come to Jesus, so that all that come to Jesus might be forgiven.